You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by those wonderful, wonderful human beings and their assorted pets. At the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. And if your uh, partner comes back and finds you in bed with somebody else, don't despair. The program is podcast. You can listen tonight, 3cr.org.au or at any time. Yes, look, what we do try to do on the Anarchist World this week is introduce a little bit of humour into a humorless world. Sometimes I, I feel as if I'm living in Puritan England or Taliban Afghanistan, the way things are going, but that's a different story. Now, we, you wonder what anarchy is all about? Anarchy is all about fun. That's right, fun. It's about creating a society without rulers. It's about taking personal responsibility. It's about sharing wealth. It's about being involved in decision-making processes. It's about being involved in the struggle to devolve power, that share wealth and whole wealth in common and share and whole wealth in common and share and share um, wealth. I said before I should have said share power, but why? Why this fixation on wealth and power? Well, it's inequalities in wealth and power which create the institutional, social, and cultural structures which allow leaders to get away with God knows what. And my apologies to those gods. I didn't mean to hold you in contempt because obviously you've never hurt anybody. It's just human beings that hurt human beings. So let's stop dribbling and talk about a few interesting things. Now, I've got two pieces of paper in my hand. Yes, people do send me emails. And yes, I occasionally answer them. And yes, I occasionally get invitations. Not often because I'm considered to be a little bit feral. And they don't know what's going to happen, especially people in authority when they invite me. Now, I've got a three-page, three-page private message on the the Public Housing Everybody's Business page from a homeless woman in her mid-50s. It is a litany of pain. I'm not going to share it with you today. It's a litany of pain. And I spoke to her a few days ago. And I said to her, we can't help. And she said, 
don't worry. I've emailed 40 politicians and I've got six responses and they've all told me they can't help. But I said, there is something we can do and there is something you can do if you're listening to this program. After months, possibly three years of uh, pushing and shoving, the Legal and Social Issues Committee of the Legislative Council of the Parliament of Victoria is conducting an inquiry into the state of homelessness in Victoria. Considering there are homeless people sleeping 50 bloody metres and in some cases 25 metres from Parliament House, it's appropriate they hold an inquiry into homelessness. And considering the homeless are society's canaries telling us there is something not quite right with a society which puts the construction of roads before the provision of secure housing, you know, as, a, as their kind of big legislative agenda, you know there's something wrong. And why didn't the House of Assembly conduct an inquiry? It's very simple. The Andrews-led Labor government, that great Labor government, made a decision that people want to prefer to see level crossings removed because they can see what's happening and, 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 and public transport expanded before addressing the issue of homelessness. Not only did they decide that, they decided to privatise the public housing sector out of existence and across this state, public housing is being turned over to private organisations to, to manage with a view to transferring the titles to so-called community and affordable housing groups, which are just basically landlords and landladies. And when I spoke to this woman a few days ago, she said to me, look, there are all these empty public housing. I said, she said, why can't I go there? And I said, well, it is the government's policy to sell off these empty public houses and not refill them with public housing tenants. And it's good to see that the Legislative Council finally, thinking, especially the Liberal National Party, thinking they may have something over the Labor Party, not that their policies will be any different or any different. It was interesting before the last, not the last state election, the state election before the Liberal National Party's policy was to privatise public housing. It's nice to see the LP taking it up. I found this struggle particularly difficult. I've been personally involved in this struggle since December 2016 as co-convener of uh, Defend and Extend Public Housing and convener of Public Housing Everybody's Business. And I found it particularly difficult because the usual suspects are not there. The usual community groups, the usual groups which provide assistance to people in need are not there because they're lining up with their hands out to get the contracts to run the public housing sector. They're there with their hands out saying, please, please give me more. So this submission, it's taking written submissions and I understand the committee will be roving around Victoria in the next uh, few months. So if you want further information regarding the inquiry and how you can make a submission, that's right, you. You've got ideas. You can make a submission. 
You see homeless people every day. Go to homeless homelessness inquiry at parliament.vic.gov.au that's homelessness inquiry h o m e l e s s n e s i n q u i r y at parliament.vic.gov.au Go to that website. Download the relevant documents and and make a submission. Because what the state government would like you to do is not make a submission. They don't want public housing to be everybody's business. They want public housing to remain in the hands of those organisations which make money out of homelessness which will make even more money out of owning and managing and expanding a private housing sector which is built on the blood and bones and the generations of workers who fought for public housing not to be just emergency accommodation but to be a mechanism by which people, whether employed or unemployed, who could not afford to enter the private housing market, had the ability to obtain secure housing at a reasonable cost, to provide a little bit of security for their children and give them some help in climbing that social elevator which has been dismantled over the past 40 years during the deregulation, globalisation, corporatisation and privatisation so-called revolution that has swept over the world and Australia. Now, if you want to do something practical, which may not have any impact, but I think it does, been there constantly, if you in Melbourne, we are on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on the 16th of October, the 23rd of October and the 30th of October from 5.30 to 6.30pm. And we have a very simple solution, a costed solution. It's very simple. If the Victorian state government and other governments around the country reap billions of dollars, $6 billion plus per year in Victoria for applying a tax on people who buy a home, why shouldn't that money be quarantined for the expansion of the public housing sector? If that was done, it would have profound implications, not just for the homeless, not not just for the people who are renting, but profound implications for society as a whole. One, you've got a strong public housing sector. It introduces competition into a capitalist marketplace which is basically run by monopolies. And if you've got real competition between the state and the private sector, rents will drop. 
as rents drop, as more and more people enter into the public housing sector, housing prices at the lower end of the market will fall and this will allow people who could not access, who didn't have the ability to buy a house in the current situation to actually, you know, put a deposit on a house and get a loan for a house. At the same time, the amount of social dislocation and personal harm that's occurring in this society as a direct result of people's inability to acquire housing would decrease. Crime would decrease, especially violent crime. And most importantly of all, and most importantly of all, if you limit rents to 25% of income for people in public housing, what that does it releases potentially hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars into the economy and improves the economic situation. Today, when Mr Morrison and his cohorts introduced these pathetic tax cuts, $10 a week on average, none for low-income earners and much more for high-income earners in the future, People didn't spend because they're spending 30, 40, 50% of their income in keeping a roof over their head, whether it's rent or whether it's a mortgage. Only one third of Australians live in their own home, which is fully paid for, and most of them are elderly people. It takes a lifetime to buy a home in Australia, and an increasing number over 40% will never have that opportunity in the current climate. So public housing is everybody's business. Homelessness is the canary. It's the canary we see. It's that bright little bundle, that grey bundle under that tattered doona or that tattered coat lying on a street or in a park spending every waking hour trying to take care of their basic needs. People like this 50-plus woman who wrote to me, who I've spoken to, who spent two years trying to find accommodation, living in and out of a car when she's lucky. Somebody has paid their taxes. Somebody has fallen on hard times. And this is a story over and over again. Don't let them tell you that homelessness is just a mental health issue or a substance abuse issue. It may be in some cases, but in a significant number of cases, especially new cases of homelessness that we are seeing, it's about family dislocation, it's about poverty, it's about people falling down on their luck, it's about not having adequate social security nets, it's about governments like the Morrison government going out of their way to make life miserable and hard and unpleasant for people who can't get a job. And they keep telling you, get a job, get a job, get a job. Well, if you're an unskilled worker, there's one job for every five unskilled workers currently looking for jobs because of the changing nature of the economy. And the list goes on and on and on. So if you want some further information, you can go to Public Housing Everybody's Business Facebook page or Defend and Extend Public Housing. Because... When governments make decisions to ignore the plight 
of their citizens to enrich those who already exercise power and have wealth. We have a recipe for disaster. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. And if you want to do something about public housing, think about joining public interest before corporate interest. That's PIBCI, P-I-B-C-I. Download the application form from PIBCI, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Haven't got a computer? Don't despair. Leave a message on 0439 395 489. Contact name and address. We'll send you out an application form or 100 application forms. Haven't got a phone? Found a stamp? Put an envelope. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. That's 3052. And public housing is instrumental. The public interest before corporate interest uh, campaigns we've been uh, launching. And public housing, everybody's business, is a public is a public interest before corporate interest initiative. And defend and extend public housing is also a public interest before corporate interest initiative. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Just, just to give you an example, if the $6 billion that was earmarked that comes in in stamp duty from, you know, buying and selling houses every year in Victoria, was earmarked for public housing, you could eradicate homelessness in a month. You could eradicate the public housing waiting lists in a year. And you could house one million Victorians, approximately about 15% of the population, in a decade. And you don't have to do it by building massive blocks. You can do it through spot purchasing because as prices drop, as the public housing sector increases, you buy properties across the state. Regional properties, city properties, and the list goes on and on. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scum. I'm hosting today's program. Sometimes you have to laugh when you're crying. Now, I've been a medical practitioner for over 40 years, and I'm still working as a medical practitioner, you know, in a part-time basis now that I'm over 65. And people have known about fetal alcohol syndrome for a very long time. And especially in uh, indigenous communities and poorer communities where alcohol becomes a way of dealing with the situation you find yourself in, the consequences of fetal alcohol syndrome are devastating for communities. Because children are born with a whole host of disabilities which are lifelong, which cannot be treated in the majority of cases because of uh, developmental brain damage for a lifetime, which can cause huge social dislocation and crime in communities. So faecal alcohol syndrome is a major issue. It's as important as lung cancer and smoking. Now, the alcohol lobby, you really have to laugh or cry, or do both at the same time, is resisting tooth and nail 
the federal government's attempts to address, not deal, but address with the issue of alcohol and fetal damage in the wound. And they want to put some little labels on a wine bottle and a beer bottle, like you see on cigarette packets, which may or may not have an effect, which says, alcohol, harmful to unborn babies. Harmful to unborn babies, alcohol, we all know that. We all know that. Alcohol, harmful to unborn babies. So what is the alcohol lobby group, their, their, their industry group doing? Fighting tooth and nail to ensure that that little warning hidden away on the packaging, on a wine bottle or a beer bottle or a cask or a flagon is not there. This highlights the nature of capitalism. Capitalism is about creating profits for your major shareholders, for the owners of particular you know, sections, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. And in this case, it's about human costs. The profitability of the alcohol industry comes before the health of unborn babies. Welcome to Australia 2019. Bang, bang. Put up up the bloody label. Why interact with these mugs? Why interact with them? Why humour them? Oh, maybe they do donate some money to political parties. Maybe they've got lobbyists wandering around Canberra giving away three bottles of uh, expensive Grange. Who knows? Who knows? But if we can't even deal with this as a society, if our parliament, our political representatives, can't even deal with this minuscule bump on the road to health, how can they run the country? How can they run the country? And talking about boring little people, yes, they are boring little people. Uh, The unfortunate thing is you elect them. That's right, you elect them every time. Boring little people with boring little ideas which divide us on the basis of race and nationality and culture and language and income and the list goes on and on. And we, you know, we pay these boring little people a little bit of money and give them an office and all these wonderful staff who determine policy. And then we find that these boring little people are puppets. Our parliamentary representatives are puppets. Like you used to say, parliament is basically, you know, it's the puppet masters manipulating the puppets. But now I've got the information. Now, sometime early this week... Some poor little staffer in the Prime Prime Minister's office pushed the wrong button on the computer. And these hundreds of pages of what politicians, well, Liberal National Party politicians were to say when they were interviewed or spoke in public, went to the media. 
And when you look at what's in this, you realise that these people are puppets. They have no independent thought. They don't represent the people they represent. They represent the political party. And the political party has such little faith in their ability, they send them out little notes every day telling them how to deal with the media. What are the buzzwords? What are the jokes of the day? And don't forget, it's always the Labor Party's fault. Although they've been in government for six years, it's always the Labor Party's fault. So don't forget to put that in your spiel. And don't forget when you're talking about people on uh, New Start Allowance, yeah, well, fine, we're not about providing a way of life. It's about getting people to work, give them the dignity of being involved in poorly paid, non-unionised, part-time work. I said that, not them. That's not in their script. So here we have the so-called independent representatives that are elected every three to four years and all they can do is read from a bloody script. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Did you notice last week... Climate extinction protesters. Did you notice them? You may have, you may not have. There weren't many, but there were enough. And it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? The character assassination, not unusual in Australia, the character assassination of these people who basically want to alert the world and their fellow Australians that there is a climate emergency that if the politicians are not willing to address it because they've been given their little sheets about what to read from the mining sector and that you know, they need a little bit of a peaceful, peaceful um, direct action to bring the matter of a climate emergency to the public's uh, attention. So what does the corporate-owned media, especially the Murdoch media, which is 90% of the media these days, or 80%, character assassination of the individual, character assassination of the individual, character assassination of the movement, assassination of the tactics they use, but not once would they be willing to deal with the issues that were raised. Welcome to Australia in 2019. While our politicians jump up and down and praise what's happening in Hong Kong, when a few thousand people are involved in some peaceful direct action around the um, country, all they can do is jump up and down and assassinate these people character-wise because of what they've done. And they jump up and down and get on the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC singing from the song sheet that comes out of Dutton's or Morrison's office telling us what horrible people these people are and that, you know, if we had our way, we would deport them all. That's right. That's the new one, isn't it? Strip away people's citizenship. Strip it away. Deport them. 
Ignore Australian citizens around the world who find themselves in difficult situations of their own making or not of their own making. Ignore the plight of Julian Assange. Ignore the plight of the women and children in the uh, camps in what's left of Kurdish Syria. Ignore them. Ignore them. They don't follow our political line. They're not real Australians, are they? They're just... Maybe they've all got fetal alcohol syndrome. Maybe that's what explains it. They're a bit different. They're not Australians. I mean, there's deserving Australians and non-deserving Australians. The deserving poor and non-deserving poor, aren't there? That's the way these people think. Cruel, cruel, cruel. Whether it's asylum seekers, whether it's refugees, whether it's the homeless, whether it's people on Newstart, whether it's people trying to join a union, whether it's it's just cruelty after cruelty after cruelty. Isn't it, isn't it interesting? Mr Morrison, born again Christian, member of the Hillside community, wanted to take his pastor to visit Mr Trump, the great betrayer, okay? Wanted to take his pastor, I think his name's, um, I've forgotten his name, I can't be bothered remembering the name of the man who runs this, obviously it's got to be a man who runs the hillside chapel, whatever it's called, and guess what, even Trump's aides couldn't stomach the man, even Trump's aides couldn't stomach the man and refused him entry as part of the Prime Minister's retinue. Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't that extraordinary? Now, Mr Morrison is trying to be a Prime Minister. He's not getting his hands dirty. Because, see, what you've got to do in life is you've got to analyse the way people are working. Because what they're trying to do is create some type of image Because politics in a society where real power doesn't lie in parliament, where it lies in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporation, is about image. It's about getting the corporate-owned media and the government-gilded ABC to sing from the same song sheet. It's about creating this image of the great leader, the born-again, the family man, the man who cares for those with money, obviously. He doesn't care about unfunded... He's not into unfunded empathy because he won't fund empathy, will he? But that's a different story. So he's trying to build up this image as the Prime Minister. As a man, like his pastor, who says a word and we genuflect. We pray. We throw up our hands. We sing hallelujah. Morrison, the great Prime Minister. Morrison is a hack, a political hack. Don't forget he was responsible for the imposition of the current refugee policy. Don't forget he was the man who brought coal into the House of uh, into the House of Representatives because he doesn't believe in climate change. Don't forget this is the man who went to a Trump rally in Ohio and, you know, danced and jumped up and down and he thought to himself, if only they would adore me like that. If only I could create that persona. 
If only I could divide society and get people to love me. If only, if only, if only, if only. And when it comes to policy, nothing. Nothing. Water. Water trading. Privatise water. Look at what's happening to the rivers across the country as you privatise water, as you create a market for a fundamental, essential commodity which is necessary for the existence of all life, plants, animals, human beings, insects, bacteria, water, water, water. You privatise the market. 20% of trades which occur on this so-called water market are carried out by people who've got no land. So people buy water to manipulate the market, artificially raise its, its, its price in order to make a buck. Well, the farmer suffers. Even, even, even a man of... Uh, Mr. Alan Jones's credentials put Mr. Morrison, the born again, through the ringer recently in the last few days because all this money which is supposed to be going to drought-ravaged Australia isn't real. It's not real. Nothing is happening. And wanting to rid themselves of farmers who find themselves in difficult situations, that's small farms, and get them absorbed by their mates in these mega agribusinesses, and that's what they are, agribusinesses. Even the pitiful allowance which goes to drought-ridden farmers has been removed. That's right, removed. Well, we don't want the poor getting money, do we? Because, you know, it'll just... You know, just we just need them to move away, go home, go somewhere else, buy a doona, go sleep on the streets. This is the mentality. These people have no policies. They have no policies regarding how to deal with climate change. They have no policies about how to deal with housing insecurity. They have no policies in how to deal long-term with drought and natural disasters. They have no policies regarding education except giving more money to the private sector because the federal government gives more money to the private sector than it does to the state sector across the country as far as education is concerned. And the list goes on and on and on and on. And there they sit, these boring little people, reading from their hymn sheets which have been sent out from the Prime Minister's office, telling them what to say, jumping up and down about nothing in particular and not one has the guts to cross the floor and bring this evil, callous government down in Parliament. 
It's a majority is only two in the House of Representatives. It's not very much. Maybe three of you add Mr Catter. You have two people defect and go on the crossbenches. You've got a real parliament. As uh, Senator Jackie Lambie from Tasmania is beginning to realise that she can put pressure. But unfortunately, the price you've got to pay is very high. You've got to sleep with the Morrison camp. A very high price in anybody's world. So here we have these boring little people Boring little puppets reading out from Morrison's hymn sheet, which most likely has gone to his pastor for approval before it's gone out. Betrayal. Betrayal. Nice word, isn't it? Betrayal. We've all been betrayed in one way or another. Sometimes you're betrayed by your family, sometimes you're betrayed by your friends. Sometimes you're betrayed by your workmates if you're working, and the list goes on and on. You can be betrayed by your best friend. You're all betrayed in one way or another. But normally these personal betrayals may you know, give us a heavy heart, empty our pockets, but in the majority of cases it doesn't kill us. Now, the President of the United States of America, Mr Trump, doesn't understand, and he would never understand, what it is to stand by somebody. He would never understand that. Because in his business career, it's been a a career of betrayal. Not paying your tax, betraying the nation. Not paying the people who've done work for you, betraying your workforce, and the list goes on and on. Betrayal is his mantra. Betrayal is what got him where he is. And now we've seen the human cost of that betrayal. Now, I understand Mr Trump wanting to remove US troops from around the world in wars that are not of their own making. And let's not forget that it was the ill-conceived invasion of Iraq in 2003 where Mr Howard went all the way with the US of A in that unfortunate invasion which continues to have ramifications apart from millions of dead that has occurred through the creation of the ISIS. And the list goes on and on. That... And then we see that the Kurds have been fighting for independent nation-state now for almost 100 years were the only ones who were willing to fight Islamic fundamentalism, a little bit of support from the US of A. And they've lost over 10,000 people during that fight. When I mean they've been lost in the mountains, they're dead. D-E-A-D, dead. Brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, mothers, fathers pay the ultimate price. And they carved out of that wilderness in northern Syria a democratic, direct democratic, non-religious, secular state based on the rule of law. And in many regards, they are or were 
direct democracy in action, one of the most forward-looking places on the planet, the most forward-looking place in the Middle East. And what do they get for their loyalty? They get stabbed in the back and they're forced to go into a coalition with their former enemies from the uh, Al-Assad Syrian dictatorship, which has been allowed into northern Syria to try to protect them from the Turkish invasion, which is occurring, which is a direct consequence of the United States' decision to pull out troops without coming to an understanding with the Turkish authorities before it occurred, knowing full well the disaster. Now, this is not just a disaster for the Kurdish people. It's not just a disaster for their egalitarian revolution. It's a disaster, first and foremost, for the United States of America. Because they can't be trusted. You cannot trust their word. And all those Australians who think that the US will come to our defence as a nation state if we come under attack, think again. Think again. Betrayal is the name of the game. People staring you in the face telling you sweet platitudes while stabbing you in the back as the number of US troops increase in northern Australia, as Darwin becomes a potential nuclear target, as the, as the activities at Pine Gap and other secret US bases in Australia increases as they pursue their genocidal wars, don't think that they're going to come and protect you for the sake of protecting you. This is a government which eats, feeds, needs betrayal to function. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. The program is broadcast around Australia via the Community Radio Network. It goes around the world via the World Wide Web, 3cr.org.au. If, uh, you can leave messages on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. Facebook pages, Defend and Extend Public Housing, Public Housing, Everybody's Business, Toscano for the Public, Joseph Toscano, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, websites, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org, another website, uh, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. Twitter stream, Pipsy underscore AU. Not, not that we've used that often. So, lots of ways you can get involved. And talking about getting involved, I just want to talk about a few upcoming um, events. On the 10th of November, 
a few of us, and you're invited, obviously, will be making the annual pilgrimage to the Murchison Cemetery on the that's in regional Victoria on the first Sunday, the Sunday closest to the 11th of November, which is Armistice Day. Now, in Murchison is an Italian war graves or mausoleum or ossuary. And during World War Two, over 220 Italian internees and prisoners of war whose bodies were uh, buried around the country were repatriated to this little cemetery in Murchison in the 50s. Money was raised by the local Italian community. And under the same roof we have men and women, prisoners and internees, radicals and fascists, dead, equal, in their little coffins with their names on the coffin. And one of those names is Francesco Fantine. Francesco Fantine. F-A-N-T-I-N. Go to the website, Francesco Fantine. You'll learn all about him. Francesco Fantine was an Italian anarchist who came here as a refugee after Mussolini took over Italy in the early 1920s. And he was an activist who campaigned against the Mussolini government, alerting the Australian trade union movement to the fact about the threat of fascism. And in 1942, he was arrested because he was Italian, although he had fought for 20 years against fascists in Australia, sometimes in physical encounters, for 20 years. And what did the Australian authorities do? They interned him with 350 Italian fascist prisoners of war and Italian fascists who'd been interned. So what do you think happened to poor old Francesco Fantini? He was murdered. While bending over, talk about betrayal, while bending over to get a bit of water from a tap, he was bashed to death with a 4B2 by a man double his size. He was buried in a little grave outside Camp Lovedale in South Australia where the internees were. And a number of years later, his bones were disinterned and taken to the mausoleum or ossuary at Murchison. And he lay there forgotten for decades until we discovered about six years ago that he was buried in that little mausoleum with 220 other. Francesca Fantine, atheist, anarchist, anti-militarist, anti-fascist, forgotten, buried, forgotten. Once a year, the mausoleum is open. There is a ceremony which is conducted by the Italian consul and embassy at Murchison because Murchison is a recognised Italian war grave, the, uh, the uh, cemetery there. And once a year we go, we listen respectfully. We arrive about 10am, listen respectfully, listen to their Catholic Mass, and when they're finished, we have our own little ceremony and pay homage to Francesco Fantine. We remember what he stood for, and I invite you, 
we invite you to come and join us at 10am at the Murchison Cemetery to pay your respects to Francesco Fantine. When the ceremonies are over, we'll, we'll adjourn to the riverbank and have a picnic lunch. Bring food and wine. Francesco would have appreciated it. Bring food and wine and beer, whatever you like, and water. Come along, join us, even if you do it once in your life. Pay your respects to a man who paid the ultimate price for raising, for resisting the spread of fascism, the same type of fascism we see spreading today. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Look, it's very easy, isn't it? It's very easy to blame, you know, the corporate sector, the government guild at ABC, the politicians, the parliamentarians, that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communications, the 8% of Australians who are part of the investment class, you know, all those are discredited religious leaders, discredited political leaders, discredited corporate leaders. It's easy. But what we need to remember... Ultimately, it's us. We create the type of society we wish to live in. That's right, it's us. And every day we make take small steps and make moral compromises which eventually lead to the gas chambers. Because one day it's not all hunky-dory and the next day you've got the gas chambers. It doesn't work like that. One day it's not hunky-dory and the next day you've got people being thrown out of planes and helicopters into the sea, activists. It's not like that. One day it's not, it's not all hunky-dory and then the next day there's a knock on the door and your uh, loved one or you disappear for eternity buried in some unmarked graved or liquefied Saudi Arabian style. We allow it to occur. We stay back. We allow it to occur. We make small steps. We become morally compromised. Those steps become strides and that stride becomes a marathon. And I'd like to thank all those people who took part in the Peter Norman commemoration last week. Not because he was an athlete. This country's produced many athletes. I could list them off ad nausea. But because he took a stand. And I encourage you to not make those moral compromises, not take those small steps towards authoritarianism and compromise. Because when we do it en masse, that's what creates a fascist community. And we are seeing these steps turn into strides in the last few years as Parliament passes more and more legislation which strips us of fundamental human rights. Now, the Peter Norman statue has been erected outside Gate 1 of the Lakeside Oval in South Melbourne, in Albert Park. If you've got some time, go down there. Give the Black Power salute. Take a picture. Join the hashtag I will stand for you movement. 
Hashtag I will stand with you. It's people like you who don't take those small steps towards compromise, who fight for the creation of egalitarian community, which respect human beings for what they are. It's people like you which make a difference and it's people like us which will ensure that this society never becomes the type of society we have seen created in the past where those in authority, you know, act out their uh, wet dreams on a daily basis. You listen to the Anarchist World this week? Hashtag I will stand with you. Go down to the Peter Norman statue if you're in Melbourne. Make it part of your uh, tourist itinerary. Stand there. Give the Black Plough salute. Put it on the hashtag, I will stand with you. Let's get thousands of these up in the next uh, few months. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now get ready. Get ready. Here we go. Anarchismedia.org. Pibsi. P-I-B-C-I dot net. Francesco Fantine uh, webpage. Facebook pages. Joseph Toscano, Toscano for the Public, Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, Public Housing, Everybody's Business, Defend and Extend Public Housing, and the list goes on and on. YouTube channel, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Twitter, Pipsy, P-I-B-C-I underscore A-U, and if you ain't got a phone, if you've got a phone, 0439 395 489, and if you ain't got a phone, you can always write, Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052 email org or, or info at pipsy.net Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Next week I'll be talking about the celebrations we have planned for Tuesday the 3rd of December in Ballarat to celebrate the 165th anniversary of the Eureka Rebellion. What does the Eureka Rebellion mean to you? What does it mean to me? And don't forget, nominations for the Eureka Australia Medal close soon. Send in your nominations to anarchistmedia.org. Or, sorry, send in your anarchist age at you, anarchist age at yahoo.com, anarchist age at yahoo.com. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community station next week. My name is Joseph Toscano. I've been hosting today's program. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week in its 41st year next week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning the 
wash my hands. Oh, Lord, You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.